Welcome to the Genuine Contact Way podcast, where we are celebrating 20 years of the Genuine Contact Way of working. For the past 20 years, people from all over the world have been learning to work the Genuine Contact Way and have been making a huge impact, supporting organizations to become highly successful in an atmosphere of constant change. My name is Anna Carolina. And I'm here together with Doris Gottlieb and together we are hosting this Genuine Contact Way podcast in 2020 and maybe beyond. We are part of the Global Genuine Contact Membership Organization and as co-owners we are dedicated to this way of working for many years. One of the benefits of our membership organization is that all members are invited to deepen their learning and mentor one another on an ongoing basis. And during this podcast, we'll talk with our members, asking them how they apply the genuine contact way of working within their different cultural contexts and work environments. So Doris, I am happy that you're introducing our special guest today and I hand it over to you. Thank you, Anna Carolina. And it is truly a pleasure for me to introduce Helga Hohn. Maybe I should say Dr. Helga Holm, um, as she uh, has a PhD, and I'm going to speak a little bit about that in a moment. Helga is a member of the Genuine Contact organization, and we have been very longtime friends since all the way back in 2004, learning together. So it's truly a pleasure to introduce her here in this larger context. <clears throat> and Helga has had a really long and fruitful career working a great deal with human development. And that has taken her on a very exciting path. And on the way in that path, she's worked with group dynamics. She looked at innovation and innovative teams and wrote this beautiful PhD um, thesis that's also available at a, as a book called Playing Leadership and Team Development in Innovative Teams. She has had a strong um, career also bringing creativity and creativity training into the Netherlands. And most recently in her professional life, she's been working with multiple intelligences and is one of the co-founders of the Ami Foundation in the Netherlands, which is bringing the, the thoughts and the ideas of multiple intelligences to a larger audience and also working with an instrument called the Midas, which helps people get insight into multiple intelligences. And she's also a member of our Genuine Contact organization. And I'm just so happy to have this opportunity to present her here and to spend some time together with you, Anna Carolina and Helga, and speak some more. So yes, that's, uh, this is Helga. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you. And the truth is that we just met last weekend at the Dutch Genuine Contact Mentoring Circle, which happens right now every year. And you have been a sponsor, you have been a facilitator, you have been involved with the Dutch Mentoring Circle since its beginning. And I'm looking forward to also look at that part of your life. But to start off, I would love to ask you, how come you are so interested in the concept of multiple intelligences? What is that? And why do you think it's important that we learn more about it and about ourselves, actually? Thank you. Thank you. Well, actually, I 
got to know multiple intelligence in the 1980s. Then it was just written in the book of Howard Gardner, the founder of this concept. And he was in a huge fight with all other psychologists because multiple intelligences has a clear claim that intelligence is not a vertical concept from high to low, low to high, but that it is much more a horizontal concept having eight different intelligences, which all can be high or low, just as your profile might be. So, and when I explain these intelligences very shortly, uh, actually I make, usually I make three groups. I say, okay, there are these intelligences which we find in the IQ and the IQ will always get you good and further in school, in uh, your career, you, you get big jobs, you can go to university. And they look at the verbal and the logic mathematical intelligence and a little bit on the visual but in a very abstract way, if you think about these intelligent tests, you have to, in your mind, change figures around and uh, kind of get that right. Uh, secondly, there was a, a concept which was called emotional intelligence, and it's still uh, very much trendy, I might say. Within the multiple intelligences, this is just called the inter or the intrapersonal intelligence. Inter meaning the social intelligence. I can work with you, I can work with groups. I can be a political politician who is uh, manipulating everything. The intra-personal intelligence looks much more into myself. So these four or five intelligences are kind of generally allowed to be in the world, but there are four more which we really forget. And they are totally undervalued and uh, not looked at, but they are so important and actually always, always with us. So one of them is the visual intelligence, the real visual, which goes much further. You might be drawing, you might be looking at uh, um, television, you might be um, just designing an IT thing. IT people are very visual people. They have an architecture of what they make. Architects, of course, are two and we know the artists. The second one, the musical intelligence, of course, is known, but it's only known in the classical music or the jazz or the fun entertaining we have. But we never realize that the moment I speak, I use music because my voice makes music and rhythm is music. So if we look or atmospheres are, have always musical element. So as, as a friend of mine who's a musician, musician said, is, she said, you know, everything is rhythm. And if you think that through, there's a deep philosophical uh, truth behind that. So we have two to go. The uh, kinesthetic intelligence, of course, we know that from the sport and we love all sports people. But once you're not in the sport, it's totally forgotten. And we only see it back when we get into burnouts we had, because we haven't looked after our body well. And, and then we go and go for walks and take care of it. But before that, or while we're doing things, or while we're working, we work and we um, walk and we are within our body. Think of mindfulness. We're feeding our body. Think of health. Think of cooking. That's all within this kinesthetic realm of movement. And the last one, actually, Howard Gardner was 
uh, he was maybe missing an intelligence because the eighth intelligence called naturalistic intelligence was created later. And it's a much broader intelligence. And in the beginning, I was totally confused by it because I thought, well, naturalistic, what are you talking about? It has uh, categories like science. You say, well, but science, that's logic, that's mathematic. So I talked to some biologists who really enlightened me and said, well, listen, the mathematical, the logical is very important because it has this deductive way of explaining. But being with your fingers in the earth, finding out about plants, uh, in your cooking, selecting the cooks, the, the parts you want to cook, that is all naturalistic intelligence. This means you get your hands dirty. And also from there you start, if you have many, many things, you start to abstract because then you make categories and say, okay, I have the meat, then I have the vegetables and I have the eggs and there's the butter. And, and so you abstract and from there on, you go in a very inductive way towards science. And actually science, you might say, in a, in a very early way, evolved in that way. So if you ask, why am I so enthusiastic? You can see here that I'm enthusiastic. It's because it is so much more, to use the genuine contact term, of the whole person that is involved with multiple intelligences. And why I think it's important, because we undervalue ourselves. So the MIDAS, where Doris was talking about, which actually stands for Multiple Intelligence Developmental Assessment Scales, meaning you are in scales, so you have a profile of multiple intelligences. And actually that profile changes during your life. So Howard Gardner has this really new way of thinking intelligence develops. The moment you put your attention to something, it grows. Everybody who is doing something in teaching knows that. You attract the attention, things start to grow. So intelligences grow. If I'm not into sports, but I sit next to you and you're into sports, you will be really attracting me to that. And I will know better. And probably I will start to love it like you do. And I'm not totally a sports lover, to be quite honest. So having this great concept, we really thought this has to be more in the world. This has to be more in the working world. So we made the foundation, AMI, Association of Multiple Intelligences, actually for the working world. And the Midas coach is for adults who want to know a little bit more about their talents and maybe also about their forgotten talents. And it's certainly also for organizations who might look at teams or even their management team and see how that has its own profile and find out about the working there. So it's, it's a very, very nice concept. It does not tell you um, exactly who you are. You have to find out. And if you don't agree with uh, what the Midas tells you, you are the one who's right. So that's a thing which we call validation and you validate it always on your own experience. That sounds like a very interesting uh, concept and way at looking ourselves and learning more about ourselves. I'm just in the process of preparing one of the genuine contact modules, whole person process facilitation, which you also mentioned. And there a big chunk of the teaching focuses on learning and our different abilities to learn. And I 
love that music comes in here and what you mentioned about rhythm and that everything has a rhythm and then that translates to energy and your intuition so i'm my mind right now after you have shared those different types of intelligences just goes jumping into all different places and uh, i'm just on fire maybe doris you're more focused to ask a good question because i'm just like all my different intelligences uh, i want to start drawing immediately during our podcast and uh, can we make some music and isn't that good to be reminded that i have all those different intelligences and that i can strengthen them by being reminded that i have them and then also feel more fulfilled and learn more about myself that i didn't know before just because um I have completely forgotten and they're not a concept in our general way at looking at people. We don't ask like, when was the last time you made a song or, you know, do you have a cool rhythm going on? Please share with me. Or, you know, what has the earth taught you the last couple of weeks? Great questions. <laughs> Great questions. Yeah, I, I'm... Well, when I was listening to you, I was, uh, first of all, I think it's so, it's so wonderful and it makes me excited to go back a long time ago. I took the Midas when you were still sort of working with it and I was sitting here now going, oh, Helga, maybe the next time we see each other, I'm ready to try to take it again. <laughs> I'm more open in my own filters. So that was the first thing um, I was really responding to and the fact that you were speaking so passionately about the whole person And, and one of the things that I've learned in Genuine Contact program is how we're still learning what, what that means, a whole person. And, um, and I love that this is bringing something like that in. And I guess my, my question at the moment, though, I, maybe it veers, is like, so here you are and you have this incredible tool and all these things. What was it that made you interested in Genuine Contact? I mean, other than that, okay, it's nice, we have... You know, it might sit as a sister philosophy or whatever, but what is it about genuine contact that, that made you think, hey, I, I want to dive into that? Is there, how did that happen? And does it have a... It happened because of you, as you know. Um, and what of you made me so interested, it were actually our discussions on uh, the open space technology the theory of uh, Harrison Owen, which was actually taken by Birgit Williams and um, has gotten a beautiful edition, which I didn't know anything about at that time, of what is called the Givens. Uh, and in fact, I had a very um, unkind uh, idea about what open space technology was. I had some not so nice experiences and I thought it was a lot of rubbish in terms of two large groups. And your discussion and also talk about genuine contact made me follow the first training in 2009. I still remember that. We were in this very small, highly uh, upstairs thing near a mill. A factory, yes. <laughs> in this small place where we got lots of chocolate and lots of coffee. I remember that. And we even brought a coffee machine just to help ourselves. And in genuine contact, you always are allowed to eat something, to drink something, which I thought was great. So that was my first experience. And I really got, in a way, hooked. 
I got hooked in two ways. I got hooked in the freedom of thought that was there, which really challenged my mind uh, in terms of it, it really made me thinking because I had these many, many years of own experience and own theories in my head, which always, if you're a little bit older in your life, you have so many experiences already. So I, I always think one reason why elder people learn a little bit slower is they have to integrate all this stuff. And it, it, it just made me rethink, okay, so what do I hear here? How does she introduce the group? How does she make the, the space safe in many different ways. And when I talk about she, that was Sabine Bredemeyer, who was my first trainer in the first three trainings. Uh, so I was intrigued intellectually um, very much, but I was hooked much more by the fact that I, at that time, came out of a burnout, which I was really still very fragile in. And at the same time, my mother was very, very ill. So I was really fully occupied with that. And every morning I came and I'd cried the whole night and I was sitting there and I was just allowed to be there. And I didn't have to say anything. I just could listen and everybody was kind to me. And that was so consoling. It was a really healing experience to be able to be in a professional group because I was really thinking, maybe I can never do a profession again. And there I was and I was invited. I was welcomed. So that really got me hooked. And I did um, the whole personal process facilitation after that. And the, uh, you have to help me. The cultural uh, conflict resolution. Cultural conflict resolution, very important as a third one. And I still remember us sitting in Rotterdam in this place, which was creepy and we changed, fully changed it. Very, very interesting. So that was what got me hooked. And uh, then I had a first mentoring circle and that made me stay. <laughs> I have two questions, but can you briefly say why it made you stay the mentoring circle? Because mentoring is such a, a central part of genuine contact. And yeah. then I have another question about multiple intelligences, but I, why did it make you stay? It made me stay. I just read my notes again for as preparation for our talk. It was in uh, Belgium. And um, actually the talk with Birgit Williams, the founder of Genuine Contact, the co-founder of the Genuine Contact organization, um, made me stay because I felt so... Um, somehow so much in... Um, in the same space with her, explaining about my life. And she knew about my burnout and she said, well, you must have had a very interesting experience the last years. And I thought that was so kind to call it like that because I had some different adjectives for this. And then we got into our personal lives and we had so many things in common. Uh, um, one of the many things were that we came from different cultures, that we'd lived in different cultures and that we shared a lot of experience about that. So that made me feel very much uh, in tune with the founders of Genuine Contact. And I loved the mentoring circle, the way it was conducted. There were many, many people. I think you had another training before that. Um, there was a lot of conflict going on. 
um, but somehow that didn't um, that didn't stop nice things from happening. And I got to know so many people in a, within a very short time. I think I was there for one day, which I'm still in contact with and which I cherish a lot. So that made me stay. And we were developing um, mentoring circles. So I think we started to thinking of making an international mentoring circle in Holland and getting it done. Thank you. And is it okay if I, I'm just the, because we started talking about multiple intelligences and you've just brought up a million other things, but I, I really, when you spoke about your experience, I was thinking, did you feel met by our mul multiple intelligences allowed in genuine contact or how does genuine contact and multiple intelligences? Cause when you're, when you were speaking about being in this burnout and being sad, I was like, I wonder, is that about allowing for your emotional intelligence to be there or, um, yeah, the interesting thing about that particular training is it happened right after my father died. So <laughs> there were many, many of those kinds of very powerful things happening in the room. Yeah. Um, and yet we were learning. So, so it didn't become a therapy session, but it was very therapeutic. So yeah. you were speaking about this, you know, this, this multiple intelligences. And I started wondering about that. And then I'm, yeah. So I'm just wondering what you yeah. see there. I think all of these intelligences are allowed even more invited into um, like, like you're creating spaces when you do a training. I, I know that you come a, an evening before to, to create and make the room, which allows a lot for visual, for musical, for kinesthetic, for these, what I call the nonverbal intelligences. You work a lot with nature, which also invites it very much. And for the rest, I think that depends very much on the trainer. So the better the trainer is informed about, or the facilitator, about his own profile, the more he can use of that. But definitely genuine contact invites these intelligences. Yes. Hmm. Now we are all just nodding and smiling and feeling, yeah, feeling in alignment with, um, this idea that the more we are in contact with our different intelligences, intelligences the more we can support others to also be in contact with their own and discover more now you brought back my memory to this mentoring circle in belgium where i was also and i don't remember any conflict i just remember this beautiful medieval a castle and wonderful sunshine and green grass and probably good food. Um, you mentioned in our preparation conversation how much you value the Fourfold Way by Angelus Arian, which I feel also relate to the multiple intelligences because um, they, the fourfold way really encourage us or remind us to bring our whole self to wherever we go. And one of the principles is show up and be fully present. That's already, you know, show up and show all your intelligences. And then there is this follow what has heart and meaning principle, which also uh, reminds you to not just follow your head, but also your heart and then tell the truth without blame and judgment. Maybe that is finding out with ourselves that we 
need time in nature or actually really feel more nourished when we create time to dance or sing rather than just doing our to-do lists and being open to outcome, I guess also refers to this aspect of ongoing learning and development of our intelligences. So now that was my take on the fourfold way and how it relates. I just made that up, but I'm, yeah, you mentioned that you find the fourfold way very helpful in your work. You have even applied it in some of your leadership trainings. Maybe you want to share a little bit more about the context you have used it in and how it was useful and more. Absolutely, I love that. Uh, and thank you for making such a nice combination of the two. I never did that, in fact. And if you would ask me now, I'd say probably as these um, archetypes which go with these terms you just explained, the warrior with the showing up, the visionary, the thinking about the future, telling the truth, uh, um, the healer with the following heart and meaning, and the teacher with being open to outcome. I, I have the hypothesis, but I haven't tested it yet. So we might talk about that later on a little bit further, that they're differently orchestrated in these different archetypes. So the orchestration of, um, for instance, in the teacher, I could imagine that the teacher is uh, very much also being for the outcome, which is also an attitude which you need to learn. Um, someone who's very high in the inter and the intrapersonal intelligence. And in the inter, mm -hmm. he's able or she is able to allow a lot and to um, have things be, but also to let people shine, to let them get out with just almost nothing, doing almost nothing. While the healer, who is much more for the heart and meaning, is also very much into the intra, self-knowledge. It's another word for that. The visionary maybe has different tools to look, to make his vision clear. Of course, the visual is in there, but it might be musical, it might be kinesthetic, might be even naturalistic. And the warrior standing there, being there, I think he would also lose a lot of intellectual tools or speaking tools to, to speak up what, what he is. So my hypothesis is that it would be orchestrated a little bit different, but would be open up for... Um, just for a talk. And maybe it's nice to tell you about how we use that. I was so much, um, yeah, I just loved the archetypes. And usually I, in the training we gave in a creative facilitation, that is what the course was called. And students learn there to facilitate creative sessions. And with creative sessions, think of creative problem solving. So they're real life problems, clients who come in who want some innovation in their organization and creativity is needed to come in. And usually what students learn to do is get people from the organization, uh, expert creative people together and facilitate these sessions. So what I did, instead of talking about group dynamics, which is very abstract, and these were young students who were, oh, absolutely lovely. So I told them about the warrior and how he shows up and is fully present. And I told them about the visionary and about the healer and about the teacher. And they kind of incorporated so much more because in these archetypes, there's also an attitude anchored, which is not the case in the multiple intelligences. These are totally neutral. Whatever you do with them, ethics is not involved there. So they're, they're much more free of, of values in a way. 
But with these archetypes, there are beautiful values in there. And I could explain to them a lot of group dynamics that they wanted to create, especially with starting out. And like we starting out with a transfer in, they start out with some um, small exercises or uh, warm-ups or cool-downs or whatever they use for that. And very often very kinesthetic things because they're young and want to do something. So that is a lot of fun. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, what I what I find real fascinating in what you're saying is you're sort of there are two aspects of genuine contact that to me you're touching on and one is this like deeper the philosophical work of Angelus Arian and these foundations and I I love how you spoke about that these archetypes that there are certain kind of values attached to them and that underneath that there's a kind of intelligence attached to them um, which I just find really fascinating to also for my own yeah, my own working with them and thinking about them for myself and when I work with others and coach others in it. But you're also speaking about like the creating of spaces, the way that we do that in genuine, the method within which we're doing that. And it seems like both of those are, um, have been like supportive for you, even though you're working like it's a creative problem solving session or learning a different kind of facilitation than maybe you learn in a genuine contact training about facilitation or workshop, but it sounds like pieces of that are integrated or you were able to integrate that. And I was wondering if you can talk about how, how do you do that? Because many, you know, genuine contact, you can use it as a full on all the tools there for creative, for solving problems, for doing things, but you can also take these deeper essences or these deeper frameworks and apply them in other places. And you're speaking about it now and I'm very curious how that works for you or what you find when you do that, or even if you recognize what I'm saying. Absolutely, yes. And I, they kind of sink in, in a way. And it has probably to do with the beliefs of genuine contact. Mm -hmm. um, I, I told you that I, uh, two days ago, I gave a question of answer in an online meeting for the technology of, um, University of Technology of Delft again for students in creative facilitation, but this time as we we're in Corona times, it was um, totally online. And I found myself saying things, which I would say in genuine contact uh, in someone who's learning to facilitate, I said, you have to learn to sit on your hands and do nothing, which they found really interesting. <laughs> and you have to learn to lead so that, uh, so that the others can lead themselves. Um, and they, they found that really interesting that I actually, they didn't know about genuine contact and I didn't mention it as such, but I use many of the attitudes and working ways in the work I do with the students, maybe in my coaching, um, just because they sank in and they just come up. Yeah. In a way that, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine also working with young students that the, the discipline of learning how to do that, because they're very good at the other stuff, very good at the running. <laughs> the discipline of learning how to do that just can in, expand their practice or expand their work in so many different ways. Yes, yes. And in a way, they are much more open. So if you teach them about doing one thing less, they write it down, they try it out. If I tell that to someone who's a manager and who's really in the control stuff, 
it's very difficult and he doesn't even believe me. And students will always try it out. They are just playful and they love it. So it's, it's, it's a great pleasure to work with them if I can, yeah. Doris mentioned the word discipline uh, in her last statement and that just got my whole uh, thought of train going. What are What is your discipline to nurture all of your intelligences or maybe which intelligence uh, have you been nurturing today and is there anything you yeah just share with us how what can we do i think becoming aware of the different intelligences is the first thing but how do you include that into your life and what benefits do you see ah uh, this morning i went to a garden where where is there's a beekeeper and i worked in that garden And it really, really uh, nurtures my naturalistic intelligences. Nature gives so much back, is so healing, is so helpful with everything. I have a lot of hobbies, so I kind of get them going there. Um, I paint, so my visual intelligence is really challenged. And we did, uh, we did a really painting lessons on WhatsApp, but I'm happy now that we get back to normal work with, uh, with the painting. I play music, but even if I would not, I would probably listen to music. So I always say intelligences have a, uh, an active and a reflective side. So even if you go um, look at a movie, you're actually also using your visual intelligence. Uh, if you read a book, you're also using it because there are lots of metaphors or stories or, or, or pictures. So you're using internally, you're using your visual intelligence in a way. Um, I think the moment you do it and do what you love, do, do what gives you energy, then um, you are enhancing the intelligences. And I think, I don't know, one of you said that being open to other things is really, really helpful. So um, what I find in, in our teachings with, uh, with the training with multiple intelligences that people very often are confused and so where is cooking? <laughs> and then we find out that cooking is on different places. For some people, cooking is a social thing. So it's interpersonal intelligence. For some else, it's, 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 it's cutting stuff. They love it. So it's a kinesthetic thing. And for a third one, it might be just going buying all this food and, and it's much more naturalistic. So they want to have the vegetables and the apples and the other things and they work with that. So it may come from different sides and it's very interesting to find that out and also to listen to someone else because no one else like music is really difficult to, for people to understand. How can I use that in my working life? Come on, let's be serious here. And, it's, and, and, and we don't put a piano in the middle of the room. Some, some crazy organizations do that, but we don't. We are a serious organization. And then just to tell them that giving a speech and doing it very monotonely because they are reading the stuff and, and they are not using, using the music they should. And suddenly the world really opens for them. That music is everywhere. Where there's hearing, there is music. And uh, having loud mo voices and noises in your organization might be a real a trouble thing because there's too much of that music. So it's really broadening your thoughts about what these intelligences are that helps. 
Thank you. Now I'm in my train of thoughts of why do I like cooking and is it the intrapersonal or is it the kinesthetic or <laughs> the naturalistic? Maybe all of them. Maybe yes. So we're approaching the end of our podcast. We have not covered everything that we could. I'm wondering, Doris, do you want to ask a last question before we start to come to a closing? Helga, do you feel like, oh, if we ask you, what else would you love to share with us before we come to an end? Uh, both of you, please indicate and just go ahead. Well, I'd love to share with you that uh, this talk is very inspiring for me, certainly your way um, of playing with the fourfold way and the multiple intelligences. And that it's always, we have not talked um, about my coaching, but in my coaching, I'm really trying to integrate what I know about genuine contact into this coaching and uh, all the creativity stuff and, and systemic knowledge and all these other things which I know. And it's, it's really a journey. And I just love to say that I like this journey and I'd like to share it with people in the mentoring circles if possible. Yes, and I, I don't have another question. I, I'm sitting here just enjoying, but when you spoke uh, at a moment about the cooking and while you were going off, also speaking Anna Carolina, but starting to think about it, what kept coming up into my mind was just this, one of the beliefs in genuine contact, which is everything is connected and people are precious. And when you were speaking about, you're like, if I look at cooking, if I look at everything in the world, how magic the world can become. And um, that was a sort of, a new thought for me of how bringing the whole person into an organization or allowing for the wholeness of things, um, allowing for genuine contact, allowing for all of these different elements to come in, just how beautiful that would be. So it was just a lovely, yeah. So I was just really thinking a lot about that as you were speaking and, um, and uh, yeah, so no, I, I, I mean, I have a million questions, but I, I know that uh, this is not the time for them. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope there'll be more. So yes, that's it. Thank you. On my side. So are we doing another little closing round and having some final reflection of uh, what did we learn? Or what did we value? Or another fresh thought? Or as you just shared one, I'm need a breath to land at a new thought also. I will start and then I will end. What I enjoy about our conversation was everything we have said and what I know about you and I also know you for a couple of years is that at least the two of us, we are very different learning styles and also yeah, learning styles. And we have been learning together in the same room and you, maybe through people like you, I 
get to because I'm more this hands-on fast talking person and I experience you more as a reflective and then I see your beautiful drawings so um, I, I see like all this multifaceted many many layers of talents uh, in one person which sometimes appears to not today but uh, sometimes has appeared a little bit more of a reflective person than me and just to see the value and the beauty in all of us exploring who we are and then learning from each other through our differences. That's what I really value about our friendship. And today I have just learned and been reminded a lot about the different aspects. And often Birgit Williams says like, even if we just learn or widen our consciousness like a millimeter, um, then we see the world in a new shape. And I think I have maybe gone like half a millimeter today and it's gonna, after the end of our podcast, finish the millimeter because I feel with the awareness of the multiple intelligences and the reminder of that, that I can be more gentle to myself and be more curious about myself and be reminded to stretch into areas in my awareness about myself and about others even more because of our conversation. So I'm grateful for our conversation. Thank you so much. And I'm passing over to any one of you. I'm very grateful too. I, I just was thinking while you were talking, I, the word fun came into my mind. Uh, and I think it, it's really a lot of fun uh, to, yeah, to play around with these things. For me, our conversation is one of richness. There's many new aspects, uh, which I had not thought about, also about my past and about how genuine contact is connected to all these things. Thank you for the using the word connection. And also about the richness of genuine contact, which seems to broaden itself every time you talk about it. It's, oh, it's a little bit broad. Oh, yeah, this can fit in. Oh, this can fit in too. So I, I, really, um, I really invite that. I'm very happy about uh, the learning style of uh, Anna Caroline because she um, keeps me on the ground in a way, especially if I get really excited or if I'm much more closed down and reflective. I'm kind of invited to step out, but in a structured way, which really is very good for me and also helps me to make things in order. And I'd love to do it with the three of you, as I know you so well, Doris, and we always have great times together. So this was a very, very big treat to be allowed to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. And for me, I, I always enjoy, first of all, just it, the, the moments of open exploration. And I feel like this conversation has been a moment of exploration exploration into some really deep things that have a lot of heart and meaning for all of us, um, certainly for me. So it's just been wonderful to have that. And the word that kept coming up um, also as we were talking towards the end is this about diversity. Um, and that I, I often say to people like genuine contact loves diversity. 
And, and a, lot, a lot of places say, oh, we have to like, you know, we have to deal with diversity and there's all sorts of words about it, but I don't often sense that it loves diversity. And as I've been listening to you about multiple intelligences and talking about genuine contact, I've been reminded of how much this kind of work that we're doing loves diversity, loves that we're all three of us very different people with very different learning styles and that we can have these conversations and enrich ourselves. And I'm convinced that that comes from holding many of these beliefs in genuine contact and the way that we care for many of the things you said. So that, that's what comes to me and just real gratitude for that and for being here with both of you. So yes, and with that, I'm passing back on to you, Anna Carolina. Mm. Loving diversity, that's wonderful. And also the fun. Unfortunately, I was muted. Otherwise, you would have heard me laugh. So uh, we are coming to the end of our time together. And we want to thank everybody for listening. And you're welcome to listen to all the podcasts Doris and I are recording. You learn more about the whole Genuine Contact way of working and the podcast on our website, www.genuinecontact.net. And while you're there, you can also sign up for the newsletter and receive our podcast directly into your inbox. And we wish you a beautiful time exploring more about the multiple intelligences. And we will leave uh, Helga's contact details in the comments or in the, in the information below the podcast so you can research more. And thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.